0: Praise the Lord, you are destined to win. God spoke to me in August of 1980 and said, To proclaim the Word of Faith, be a showcase of ministries, and train people to fulfill the Word of God. The message that you're about to hear was recorded in a live meeting where the Lord used me to teach the uncompromising Word of Faith. So open your heart to receive the ministry of the Word of God today, and you will be changed, empowered, and motivated. To fulfill the word of God in your life. All right, I want to talk to to you today about the God of peace and the gospel of peace. Matter of fact, the title of the message is the gospel of peace. Now, first thing we have to understand is is that God is a God of peace, and that's why I mentioned it uh, there in the intro. Let's look at First Thessalonians five twenty three. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify or set you apart wholly, and that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, not H-O-L-Y, wholly, completely, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've used 1 Thessalonians 5.23 before where we've talked about that you are a spirit, you have a soul, which is a mind, will, and emotions. You live in a body, and that body is your possession, just as your mind, will, and emotions are your possession. But the real you, the you that's really you, is a spirit. And that spirit is what is born again, brought from death into life, by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord. But notice what it says here, the very God of peace will set you apart wholly and completely. The God of peace will bring peace and will bring the sanctification or setting apart to your whole spirit, soul, and body. The God of peace, God our Father, deals with the entirety of who you are. You are a spirit. You have a mind. You live in a body. Now, the word that's translated peace here in the Greek is the Greek word arane, and it means peace by implication prosperity. I like that. Peace by implication prosperity. Now, why do you think that it implies prosperity? Well, peace, true peace, is a peace that covers you completely wholly W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, and that is your spirit, that is your soul, and that is your body. So true peace has to affect every area of your life, and that includes the financial realm, that includes the social realm, that includes every area of your life. So it's instructive, I think, to realize that the Greek word here, arane means peace by implication, prosperity. Now, it also brings to mind the Hebrew word for peace, shalom, which we know from previous studies means a whole and complete salvation because, really, it's like the Greek word sozo. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let's pick that up here in just a few minutes. But right now, let's go on and read a few more scriptures that has to do with the God of peace. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Now the Lord of peace himself. Now see, God is the God of peace, but it says here, the Lord of peace himself give you peace always and by all means. The Lord be with you all. Now think about that. The God of peace, the Lord of peace himself will give you peace always and by all means, now what does that say? God is interested in bringing you peace at all times, always, and at, by all means, by whatever means He needs to use. Oh boy, I tell you, you could meditate on that and just really enjoy that thought. And I want you to take a little sali break here <laughs> and think about that—the God of Peace Himself. I like the way it says that, the Lord of Peace Himself. He's not delegating this. He's going to do it himself. He's going to give you peace always, that's at all times, and by all means. And he's going to do it because it says, the Lord be with you all. In other words, the Lord being with you and in you and anointing you is how he's going to give you this peace. Amen. uh, Excuse me. 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now, we could say it this way. God is the author of peace. See, he's not the author of confusion, but he is the author of peace. And that's why I say it that way. God is the author of of peace. Whew. Amen. All right, now let's get to Psalm 29:11. I said we were going to have to get here before we could talk about this word, but let's go into it. Psalm 29 verse 11. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. This word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. Now we've heard the Jews <laughs> from time immemorial, you use this word shalom, and we think of it almost as a hello or a goodbye. You know, in Hawaii, they say aloha, and that means hello and goodbye. <laughs> well, there's more to shalom than hello and goodbye. Really, we know generally the word shalom means peace. We've heard it translated that way. But it's so much more than that. It means safe. This is the definition. Safe, happy, friendly, also, welfare, so it doesn't that have to do with prosperity, amen. That is health, amen, health, prosperity, Ooh, glory, and peace. All of those meanings. Now, like I said, that brings to mind the Greek word sozo that's used over in Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. And verse 8, of course, says, what saith it? The word is nigh thee, or excuse me, verse 8 says, uh, talks about the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9 says that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, which is the Greek word sozo, Now I quoted verses 8, 9, and 10 all together there but you got it I think and that is that sozo means saved or is translated saved in the King James but the word sozo means to be saved, delivered, healed, protected made whole, spirit, soul, body financially and socially and delivered from temporal evil what a definition but now look at that it means the prosperity, the wholeness, the peace of the spirit, the soul, and the body, financially and socially. Every every area of life is covered by sozo. In the same way, every area of life is covered by shalom, and the Lord is the Lord of shalom. The Lord will give strength unto His people. This is Psalm 29:11 that we just read, uh, and He and the Lord will bless His people. With peace. Now it's one thing to bless you with peace, but he goes on to say that there is an abundance of peace. Psalm thirty seven eleven. But the meek shall inherit the earth. This is the scripture that Jesus quoted when he gave the Beatitudes. That was what he was quoting from Psalm thirty seven eleven. But the meek shall inherit the earth, but now look at this, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You say, Dr. Bill, why are you talking about peace? Well, more and more, as we see in these days, right now, as I teach this, this is 2010, and the thing is, we're surrounded by what appears to be a lack of peace. We're surrounded by what appears to be turmoil. We're surrounded by political upheaval. We're surrounded by financial trouble and upheaval. I'm talking about out in the world. Not the body of Christ, because praise God, we live by a different standard and we don't operate according to the Babylonian system. Amen? Can you agree with that? But at the same time, isn't it good to know that in what appears to be a time of such trouble, the Lord says, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Amen. Let's look at Psalm 72, 7. In his days shall the righteous flourish. Now, who's the righteous? Well, you know, and I know, because we've heard the teaching concerning the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that our righteousness is not of us. See, it is of Jesus. I don't lay claim to righteousness because of me and what I've done and my works. No, not at all. And that would be, believe me, sadly short. But... I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what he did, because of his righteousness, not because of mine, but because of his righteousness. So my days as the righteous, in my days I shall flourish, this is Psalm 72, 7, an abundance of peace, now get this, so long as the moon endureth, whoo, glory, Now I want you to think about Noah for a second here. Noah was cooped up in that boat, that ark, for all those days and nights, (laughs) out on the ocean, and it was more than just the ocean. The whole, the water had covered the entire earth. There was no land to land upon. (laughs) Amen? And here's Noah cooped up with all these animals. You know, praise the Lord, that couldn't have been all that pleasant. <laughs> but what happened with Noah when he came to the end of that situation, and God opened the door of the ark, and and Noah and his family and all the animals came out of the ark. What's the first thing God did? He took him aside and he said, and Noah looked up in the sky, and Noah looked up and there was a rainbow. He said, you see that rainbow? That rainbow shall be for a sign unto you, basically you might say a memory aid, let's put it that way. That rainbow is telling you that I will never destroy the world by water again. Now, he didn't say anything about fire. (laughs) That comes later, all right. But (laughs) let's not let's not get off track here. No, he didn't say anything about destroying it by fire, but he did promise Noah, I'm never again going to destroy the world by a flood, by water. Don't you know Noah breathed a sigh of relief? Don't you know that Noah, every time he saw a rainbow in the sky from then on, he thought of the Lord's promise? And he thought, Whoo, that rainbow is a sign to me. I'm never going to have to go through that again. (laughs) Amen. Well, here it says... In Psalm 72, 7. In his days shall the righteous flourish and the abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. Well, you know what that tells me as the righteous? I'm going to look up in the sky and when I see the moon, I'm going to realize I have an abundance of peace as long as that moon is up there. Now, you know, even in the bright daytime, the moon's still up there. You can't see it most of the time. Now, you know, sometimes you can down by the horizon. It's this kind of ghostly white ball, even when the sun's up. I've seen it that way. But most of the time, you only see it at night. But you know what? It's still there. It's still affecting the tides. It's still doing what it's designed to do by God. And as long as that moon endures, I've got the abundance of peace. Whoo, glory. Now, here's the thing. Where does the peace that God is blessing us with as the God of peace... Where is that peace coming from? Well, peace comes from the Word of God. Amen. Let's look at Psalm 119, 165. This is the great song that has to do with the Word of God. Everything in Psalm 119 is talking about the Word of God specifically. And it says in this verse, 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, And in New Testament terms, we could put it this way. Great peace have they which love the word, and nothing shall offend them. Let me tell you something. The world is easily offended. Now catch that. The world, people who are without God in this world, are easily offended. But I want to tell you something. The believer is not easily offended. Now you need to receive that You need to meditate on that. You need to deal with that in your thought life that you as a believer are not easily offended. You know, people say things sometimes on purpose, intending to offend you. They want to see, as the colloquial expression goes, if they can get a rise out of you. Well, don't rise To that occasion. (laughs) Don't let your response be a response of, you know, uh, being upset or, uh, why did they try to offend me? And don't, don't get offended. Just don't take offense. Jesus says you have to take offense. Amen. You have to take it. It's not an instant thing. You have to, decide to take it well you know what i decide not to take it i will not be offended and here we can stand on the scripture talking about the word of god psalm one nineteen one sixty five. great peace have they which love thy law or thy word and nothing shall offend them even when people try to offend me i'm not going to be offended what am i going to do i'm going to have great peace oh glory to god i'm going to have great peace Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death. Now, see, that's what the natural man operates in, is the carnal mind. What is the carnal mind? You know, Brother Copeland, somewhat jokingly, talks about the carnal mind. He says that in Spanish, the the Spanish word carne means meat. So to be carnally minded is to be a meathead. (laughs) Well... I don't know, you know, (laughs) where we can translate it quite that way. But if there's truth to that, amen, to be carnally minded is to be a meathead because you're being led by your flesh, by your old meatheaded mind, amen, that old chunk of meat in your head, to be carnally minded is death. So we don't want to be carnally minded. That leads to death. There's a way that seems right to men. But that me, that way is a way of destruction. Amen? But what, what does it go on to say here in Romans 8, 6? But to be spiritually minded is life. See, carnally minded is death. Spiritually minded is life and peace. Not only just life, but peace. There's a lot of people that are alive, but they're not at peace. There's a lot of people that have a lot of money. They're rich, but they're not at peace. Oh, it's so much more important to have a a life of peace, to be at peace. Glory to God. Let's look at Acts 10.36. The word, see, peace comes from the word. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace... By Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Now think about that. Preaching peace. They're going out and preaching the gospel of peace. Whew. Amen. John 16:33. These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. Notice. These things that are in the word of God that I have spoken unto you. Amen. That's what God's doing. He's speaking the word. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in Christ, in him. This is an in him reality that we have peace. Now notice this, next part of the verse. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Guess what? These times that are going on right now, there are people that look at it and say, That's tribulation. But you know What? God spoke the word unto us that we might have peace in Christ Jesus. In me, you might have peace. Glory to God. That's why we can have good cheer. Because here in this world, God has promised us peace. As long as that moon endures, (laughs) it's a sign unto me that I have an abundance of peace. Glory to God. Now, earlier, we mentioned that peace... Part of the definition of peace was prosperity. That's part of the definition of shalom. That's part of the definition of that Greek word for peace that we saw. It implied prosperity. Now let's, let's look at that a little bit. Let's go to Psalm 122. Psalm 122 and let's begin in verse 1. A song of the degrees of David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let me just give you a side note here. A little little addition we won't charge you for <laughs> amen it's good because gospel's free so we don't charge you anyway but anyway it's a good thing we should be glad to go into the house of the lord we ought to be happy to go to church it shouldn't be just a responsibility or a drudgery or you know any of that kind of thing we ought to be glad when they said unto me let us go to the house of the lord amen church ought to be a place where you're charged up, not where you're put down. If you go into a church where they're putting you down and telling you you can't make it and woe is you and God's putting a bunch of stuff on you, you know what? You were in the wrong church. I'm telling you. You say, Dr. Bill, aren't you meddling telling me not to go to that church? Listen, going to a church, where you go to church, is a matter of life and death. I had a whole teaching, a whole probably 90 minutes of teaching on that very subject, a matter of life and death. Where you go to church can be the difference between you getting healed and you staying sick. Where you go to church can be the difference between you living and dying. And I am just as serious as I can be about that. So we should be glad when they say go into the house of the Lord where they teach you the good news. Where they build you up in the word of faith, Amen. All right, let's keep reading here. Uh, verse two: Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, under the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord, for there are thrones of judgment and thrones of the house of David. Verse six: Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. And let me tell you something right here. As believers, as Christians, we ought to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We ought to be behind the Jews. I'm talking about the natural Jews. 100% they are God's people in the natural. Now, yes, we've been grafted in. Yes, as believers, we're the seed of Abraham in the spirit. you know, I'm not taking anything away from that. But God's people, the Jews, in the natural, have a natural covenant with him. And part of that covenant is that as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. Now, brethren, I'm telling you, this is not, I'm talking about the days we're living in right now. This is not the time to pull support away from Jerusalem and from Israel. This is a time to be, as the scripture says, and this is not Dr. Bill saying it, the scripture says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Verse 7 keeps going, peace be within thy walls and prosperity Within thy palaces. Glory to God. See the the tie-in here between peace and prosperity? They go hand in hand. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say... Now get this. He's talking about what you should say with your mouth. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Shalom be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Amen. Psalm 122. Now, peace comes from the word of God. Peace comes from fellowship with the Lord. Peace comes from what God has as provision for us. And one of the things God has for us is wisdom. Let's look over at Proverbs chapter 3 verse 17, where in Proverbs, it's talking about wisdom in this verse. And it says her ways, talking about wisdom, the ways of wisdom, are ways of pleasantness and her paths are peace. Now let me just give you another one of those free rabbit trails here. <laughs> Sometimes the rabbit trails are worth the price of admission. Amen. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you're in a situation, if you're at a point of decision and you look in your spirit, man, and you find that you are not in paths of peace, that you're not in a way of pleasantness, that you're at peace and you are at rest in your spirit, wisdom lies with pleasantness and peace. Wisdom lies in being at rest, calm, and peaceful. Amen? If you are frustrated and upset and all bent out of shape, that is not the time to make a decision that is important to you. Matter of fact, it's not a time to make a decision at all. <laughs> but it's particularly not a good time if you got an important decision to make. And if somebody is trying to pressure you, pressure you, pressure you, and you just feel all this pressure on you, stop and think, you know, I'm not in peace. My way at the moment is not pleasant. I'm under a tremendous amount of pressure. You know what you need to say? I'm not going to make a decision right now. I don't care how much pressure you put on me. I'm walking away because I'm not going to make a decision when my path is not pleasant and at peace. Now, who oh, I tell you, you will save yourself a ton of trouble if you'll do that right there. Amen. All right. Psalm thirty four fourteen. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Why do I mention that? Because of what we just said. You gotta seek peace. You gotta pursue peace. The ways of wisdom are peace. you got to seek that place of peace. Now, here's something else about peace. Peace comes from trust. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, catch this, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Think about that. We're to seek peace. We're to pursue peace, like we just said. Well, how do you do that? You trust in that perfect peace, that abundance of peace that God has made available to you. How do you do that? By keeping your mind stayed on the Lord and on his word and trusting completely in him. Do you know that the best definition of faith, the most core definition of faith, is simply trust? Trust like a little child trusts his parent. Completely, you know, just no shadow of doubt at all whatsoever. Whatever mommy and daddy says, that is the law. That is the way it is. That sweet, innocent, small child knows that what their parent says, that's just, that's it. That's total trust. That's what faith is. Absolute trust. Assurance, trusting in the Lord. Now Isaiah thirty-two seventeen, and the work of righteousness shall be peace. Now notice, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Who did you see that? The work of righteousness. Remember, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus shall be peace. So we have peace. We have peace with God that passes understanding, praise the Lord. But the effect of righteousness shall be quietness and assurance forever. Amen. See, doesn't that tie in what we're talking about? Praise God. Now, I mentioned something right there that we need to talk about, and that is that peace is part of the atonement. Peace is part of the atonement that Jesus did or, or was was part of or was was actually I mean it was all on him if you you know I'm not saying it's part of it was but I'm saying we know that salvation is part of the atonement, we know that healing is part of the atonement, well so is peace. It's part of the atonement. Let's look at it from Isaiah fifty three, five. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. See, our iniquities, our physical healing, but also our peace was purchased on the cross by Jesus, by what He did. The peace of God comes as part of the atonement. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Notice, it's Jesus' peace. He gives it freely to us, just like he did salvation, just like he did physical healing, just like he did everything that comes as part of the atonement. Romans five one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through, by means of, our Lord Jesus Christ. See, what he did for us is what provides the peace. Romans ten fifteen. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the what? Gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now let me tell you something here, folks. When people come and preach the gospel... They ought to be preaching glad tidings of good things. They ought to be preaching a gospel of peace. If they're preaching, preaching, if they're preaching (laughs) gloom and destruction, if they're preaching that you can't have anything in God, that it's all been done away with, that's not the good news. That's not the gospel. That's not glad tidings of good things. Amen. Oh, it's just so simple. Praise God. Colossians one twenty. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. Where? Through the blood of his cross. Isn't that where the entire gospel, the entire atonement was settled right there on the cross and through his death, burial, and resurrection? In other words, the whole thing there. Woo, glory. Having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether there be things in earth or things in heaven. It covers it all. Things in earth, well, that's what we deal with day in and day out, right? That's, you know, some people call it the rotten here and now. Well, it ought not be the rotten here and now. It ought to be the blessed here and now. Amen? The things we deal with day in and day out are the things in earth. And the things in heaven... Oh, my, hallelujah, the things in heaven. Streets of gold, hallelujah, you know, mansions that Jesus has prepared for us, all those good things, you know, whole planets we're going to be traveling to and just all kinds of good things. All of that as well. But we're talking about things in earth and things in heaven. Glory to God. He's made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself himself by him I say whether there be things in earth or things in heaven that you're talking about. Either one, we got it covered. Praise God. Ephesians 6:15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. See, that's what we're preaching to. This gospel of peace. That's why I say if it's not a, a, a message of of peace, if it's not a message that is coming from that position of rest and quietness. And peace in God, that's not the good news, and that's not the gospel, and you shouldn't be hearing it. Amen. Now, peace comes from knowledge. Second Peter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, by means of, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, this word knowledge is the, the Greek word epignosis. Epic means above. Gnosis is the Greek word that means the body of knowledge or basically natural knowledge. So it's above and beyond. epic natural knowledge, gnosis. Epignosis. So grace and peace be multiplied unto you through or by means of the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. See, this peace comes to us through the knowledge of God. Remember, we said it comes through the word of God, well, the knowledge of the word of God is where we get this peace. Romans 8, 6, again, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. See, we've already quoted that. It goes right back to it. That old meat, you know, brain in your head, carnal mind is death, but spiritually minded, that's life and peace. That's why this knowledge, this epignosis, this revelation knowledge from God is what brings us to peace. Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. Finally, brethren, farewell. This is one of, you know, where Paul was signing off, so to speak. He says, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. That means be mature, so don't get all bent out of shape. It's not saying that you must be absolutely 100% perfect for any of this to apply. No, he's saying be mature, be of good comfort be of one mind live in peace and the god of love and peace shall be with you and remember we've got to pursue peace peace is not something that's just going to come automatically you could say the same thing in healing healing now you know in the sense when i say come automatically it's already provided don't get me wrong the 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 healing is already provided the salvation is already provided the peace is already provided but to receive the benefit of it here in the world in this natural earth you got to believe to be born again believe and receive what jesus provided amen now the faith to do that comes from him so it's not on you but i'm just saying you got to believe and receive amen same thing with healing you got to believe and receive all right same thing with peace You gotta believe for the peace. You gotta receive the peace. You gotta pursue the peace. You gotta rest in God by faith, by that trust, that quietness, that childlike trust and understanding, and then you will receive peace. But you gotta pursue it. Amen. All right, here's something else. Peace comes from the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory. Let's look at Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not the natural stuff. It is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The righteousness, the peace and the joy. That's in the Holy Ghost. Now let's, let's tie that in a neat bow here. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now the God of hope, now the word hope, by the way, that's the Greek word elpis. It means anticipation, constant favorable, anticipation or expectation. Now let me give you that definition again. Constant favorable, anticipation or expectation. That's what the word hope or elpis In the Greek is. So let's read it that way. Now the God of the constant favorable anticipation and expectation fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in constant favorable and expectation through the power of the Holy Ghost. There is joy and peace in believing. Amen. Now another thing I don't want you to forget is that peace... Is a fruit of the Spirit. Now in, in earlier teachings, we've talked a little bit about the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about that fruit of the Spirit grows. It doesn't just show up automatically one day. See, we think of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit just manifest, you know. (laughs) You're in a meeting and God uses you in a, uh, a spiritual gift and you speak forth a word and it just comes. Amen. It happens. Okay, but the fruit of the Spirit grows. And you know what that implies? It grows over time. It's something that grows and develops in your life as a believer. Now, the other interesting thing about the fruit of the Spirit, it comes from the Holy Ghost, but the fruit is of the human spirit. The ground that you grow something in, spiritually speaking, is the human heart, the human spirit. The seed is the word of God that's planted in the human spirit, and the method of the planting is hearing the word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The seed, when you hear that word, this is all coming from the the parable of the sower, where Jesus taught about the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. When you hear the word, it's planted in the heart, and the heart is the ground that that seed is planted in. So, the place where that fruit of the spirit grows is your human spirit. The ground is your spirit. That's what I'm getting at. The fruit grows, develops. So, love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all of those things that are listed here in Galatians 5:22 and 23. All of those things are the fruit of the spirit. Let's look at it again. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, and that word long-suffering. You know, a lot of people read that and think, yeah, brother, I'm suffering long. No, 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 that's not what he's talking about. Long-suffering here is patience. It's being consistently the same way all the time. It is the ability to not waver in the face of contradictory evidence in the natural. Woo, glory, did you get that? Write that one down. Amen. Hot off the press. (laughs) The Holy Ghost Definition of patience, and that is the ability to be constant and consistent in the face of contradictory evidence in the natural. Amen. That's the consistency. That is the patience. That's the long-suffering that it's talking about here as a fruit of the Spirit. And that develops. It grows in your human spirit. Don't be put off if you're not operating in that level of patience being consistently the same way all the time, even in the face of contradictory evidence. Don't worry. Don't be upset. Don't get out of peace because it seems like you're not immediately there 100%. No, it grows. It develops. You need to be developing it. You need to be growing in it. You need to be believing for it. You need to be receiving it. Amen. And then let's go on here with this list. Gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance. Against such, in other words, against these gifts of the Spirit, there is no law. Peace is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Peace develops in you spiritually. It grows in you spiritually, and you need to let it grow in your human spirit. Amen. Now let's let's talk about a couple of other scriptures as we as we close this out here. Jesus is our peace. Ephesians two fourteen, for he, Jesus, is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, between us and God, the peace that we have with God is through Jesus. He is our peace. Second Corinthians one two grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, He is our peace. And then finally, we need to keep His peace. Remember, we need, we say we need to pursue it, we need to go after it. But when we go after it and get into peace, we need to keep it. We need to stay in that place of peace, that place of rest. Being in faith is being at rest. Ephesians four three, endeavoring. To keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You know you got to endeavor to do it. you got to make an effort. To keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace which is of God. God's the God of peace. We've been Made to be at peace with God through the part of the atonement that has to do with peace. Jesus is our peace and the peace of God which passes all natural understanding. It's, it's beyond anything we can understand in the natural. That's why the revelation of this has to come through epignosis, through that revelation knowledge we talked about. It passes all natural understanding. And shall keep your heart... What's your heart? That's your spirit, man. You are a spirit, and you have a mind, will, and emotions. Keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You are kept at peace both in your spirit and in your mental realm, mind, will, and emotions, because of the peace that's available from the God of peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Colossians 3.15. We're going to close with this one. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Notice you got to let this. That's a decision on your part. you got to let the peace of God rule. You have to make a quality decision to let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be thankful. Oh, I tell you what, I am thankful for the peace of God. Now let's just pray right now. Father God... We come according to all this word that we've read here, all of the study that we've done here, and we are committed to let the peace of God rule in our heart, in our spirit. We're committed that the peace of God from you, which passes our natural understanding, is gonna keep our spirit, our heart, our mind, our soul, our emotions, through Christ Jesus who brings this peace. And, Father, we are thankful. Oh, we are so thankful for this peace we have with you. We are so thankful that you've called us to be at rest. You've called us to be in quietness and assurance. You've called us to be at peace. And, Father, we thank you for it, and we praise you for it, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I trust that you receive from the ministry of the Word of God today. If you'd like to contact me, you may write me at Dr. Bill Bailey, Word of Faith Ministries, P.O. Box 5213-5213, High Point, North Carolina, Two seven two six two, or you may email me at this address, drbill, drbill, at wofm.org. If God speaks to your heart about supporting our ministry financially, or you would like to receive more teaching messages from the Word of God, check out our website at www.wofm.org. I believe and agree with you for the full 100-fold return on your giving. I also believe and know that God is richly blessing you and your family every day in every way. Praise God. You are blessed and highly favored.